Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 133 in Edmonton. Just talking a bit about, uh, obviously, the Oilers didn't have it last night. Lost 4 nothing uh, in Montreal. Canadians were better in every facet of the game, right from the opening faceoff. But you'll have a couple games like that a year. And when you go 19-8-1 over 28 games uh, stretch, maybe you get that sort of, okay, it's a one-off type thing. And then the other part is we had some people suggesting that Connor McDavid should have been suspended last night. I was like... That wasn't an elbow. Uh, this text comes in saying, Bob, Connor's elbow would have only been suspendable if they played in figure skates. I don't know, man. Did you not see Blades of Glory? Like, that wouldn't have been... On Blades of Glory, there's no way that would have been a suspendable offense. I mean, they took that stuff seriously. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. My son howled in that movie. Will Farrell off the charts. Funny, funny dude. All right. Uh, well, I, I don't know if they're searching for glory, but they're trying to develop some players down on the farm in Bakersfield as we are pleased to be joined by the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. That is Jay Woodcroft. Hello, Jay. How you doing? I'm doing good, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Now, tell me this. Have the Woodcroft kids... Uh, got to the age where they can watch something that involves uh, Will Ferrell, like uh, The Grinch or something like that. Is, is that has that occurred yet? I think uh, I think their favorite movie with Will Ferrell is uh, Elf, the Christmas time movie where where he's an oversized elf, and yes. uh, they they have. They barrel laugh at uh, all the hijinks there. They're they're big fans of uh, his comedy, for sure. I uh, had Hudson watch uh, the Blues Brothers. Hudson and Tori watched the Blues Brothers. And they're obviously a little bit older than your children, as you know. And they loved it. (laughs) And now that said, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. So so you still have another gear to get. Now, how old are your kids, if I I don't mind? You know, can you share with us? I have twin seven-year-old girls named Bryn and Emma, and uh, they're very good students, uh, great athletes, and uh, big fans of, uh, they've started, I've turned them on to John Candy comedy movies, and their their favorite one of him recently is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, so uh, my wife Jackie and I are blessed to have two great kids. There you go. Uh, you got to get them into Uncle Buck at some point because that's uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, and you said they're great athletes. So so obviously they got their athleticism from Jackie. Is that correct? That's ex- that's exactly right. Thank God. And uh, you know what? They um, they're big time into uh, soccer. They play competitive soccer in a, in a program down here um, in Bakersfield, and they uh, you know they're big time into swimming, competitive swimming. Swimming, uh, which they first uh, learned how to swim at the Royal Glenora Club in Edmonton, and um, you know they know how to skate, but the, they're they're not hockey players. They know how to skate though, like any uh, true Canadian. And uh, yeah, they're good athletes, and um, they take after their mom with their uh, athletic ability for sure. 
See, I, I learned how to swim when my dad pushed me off the dock in West Bank out in BC. Uh, well, like when I was about seven or eight years of age. That's when I learned. There was none, there was none of this Royal Glenora stuff, though he later did have a membership there. I used to try to hit him. I, we'd play racquetball, and he was he could never figure out why I was always hitting the ball behind him instead of in front of him. It's because I was trying to hit him with the rock. Anyhow, just having some fun. All right. Uh, interesting week. Uh, you guys had a, a couple things going on i noticed that nima linen didn't play a couple games on the weekend uh you, you, by all reports it sounded like you're pretty competitive in all three games but ultimately maybe didn't get the results uh you got some more guys in the lineup kesseling played you got the two guys over from sweden as well maybe discuss the uh the weekend as a, the week the three games as a whole yeah it, it's been an interesting uh seven or eight days or so uh for the condors um i think we won we played Wednesday last week. We won uh, at home versus San Jose. Um, went out on the road, and we started to introduce some new players to our lineup, um, beginning in San Diego, uh, Anaheim area there. And then, you know, we found a way to not win that game. We didn't love our first period, uh, but we worked our way into the game. as a close game. Um, but ultimately, we felt we chased it. And then on the, set, uh, the next day, we played... LA's Farm Club, uh, their practice facility in El Segundo. And uh, I thought it was a really good game, um, very competitive. Um, it was 1-1 hockey game. They ended up making uh, one more play than us and uh, found a way to win it. Um, in the incoming days, uh, we had a few new players introduced to our group. And uh, well, I thought we, you know, we went to San Jose and played a heck of a game yesterday. I thought we controlled the bulk of the game um, versus a good team that had a bunch of players sent down from the NHL. And um, at the end of the day, they they found a, a way to win it uh, by playing well during a three or four minute span where we didn't play our best. So there's uh, growth opportunities and learning opportunities um, for our team. Um, we're learning how hard it is to win on the road uh, and how, um, you know, you can't fall behind in games or you can't outscore big mistakes. And learning um, what it takes to win, we believe, in Bakersfield is a skill, and we're trying to develop that just like we are uh, just regular hockey skills like a shot or passing or skating and that type of thing. So as we've introduced some, some new players to our lineup, um, you know, we're we're coming together as a group and, and integrating everyone, and we're learning those lessons. But I, for on the whole, I felt the team uh, competed hard, and uh, we had the chance to win. We just have to figure out um, a winning recipe moving forward here. Ostap Safin was, he's sort of been the forgotten prospect. He had a real difficult last year major junior where he's hurt a bunch, hardly played at all in the Quebec League playoffs. Uh, and suddenly he's on a little bit of a heater for you guys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ostap was a little bit banged up at the start of the year. So he found himself out of the lineup, but he worked diligently in, in practice and uh, waited for his turn. He was waiting in the bullpen. And uh, when his chance came, uh, I felt quite comfortable putting him in the lineup. He's, he's got a lot of natural ability. He's big. 
He has a really good shot. Uh, for Ostap, it's it's about developing consistency with his work habits, consistency in his play on a night in night out basis. And uh, you know, probably a couple of weeks ago, he got he was a healthy scratch in in one game, and was really challenged. He came back in, and uh, he's, he's been very good. And you're seeing the production numbers, but what a coaching staff is looking for is the detail in his game, and it's been greatly improved and um, you know we're happy for him and if we can get this guy going as he is right now he makes us a much deeper team Kesserling and Kemp both in last night both right shots for you Kesserling's played a couple games now Uh, does it change uh, sort of how Dave Manson handles things having some natural right shot uh, right D-man yeah it does and uh Michael, when he came, I think last night was his third game with us. We started with 70, and then we had a a few injuries and whatnot. Uh, So we were 60 in Ontario, and then last night we dressed 70, but uh, we lost Ryan Stanton early in the game. So we're back down to 6D. Um, In Kessel Ring, I see somebody that has very good instincts, uh, that has a big shot from the point. Um, Being a right-hander gives us a little bit more balance balance on the back end and uh you know he's he's learning the pro game but i i see a lot of really good signs in his his personal game um as he as he moves forward here mike uh, philip kemp uh joined our team with lavois they both came over from sweden and uh last night was was phil's first game and i thought he acquitted himself well he's big he's physical i think he's more on the defensive-oriented side of things, but he, he kept things simple last night. He kept his shift short, and uh, I thought he was a factor in the game as well. So those two defensive prospects give Dave um, some good options on the back end. And, uh, you know, Nimalainen continues to be a little bit, I mean, he was in there last night. This guy, there's some length to all of these, and we're seeing a different types of defense now, Jay, that are successful. You know, like Justin Hall, you know, was a suspect as a prospect about five years ago, and now he's a pretty good defender for Toronto, and he's rangy, and you've got that with Nimalainen and Kesserling, and I know you've mentioned Day Harnay in the past as maybe a guy that gets himself uh, an NHL deal, maybe not this summer, but in a year from now. So uh, you do have you're 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 long back on the fence, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Um, we've over the last couple of weeks, so not just the last weekend or so, but we've we've missed a few guys. So Deharnay De missed a couple games. Um, probably two weekends ago, and you could see the difference when he was out of the lineup. You could, you could notice that um, when Nemo Linen was out of the lineup this past weekend, you could notice that. And we're fortunate that both of those guys uh, were available and in our lineup yesterday. And I thought, uh, start with Nemo Linen. First thing he did was take a run at, at the other team's best player on the first shift of the game, set the tone. Um, you know, he he's a very 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 underrated physical guy. He uh, he's good on the breakout, makes a good first pass, and I thought he scored a heck of a goal for us last night. He jumped in the rush on a quick up and scored a nice goal. Um, the Harney, like you said, for us, you know, he, he just finds a way or has a knack of getting a piece. Uh, on the opponent. Uh, you know, the, there's nothing clean for opponents that are playing against Vincent DeHarnay. And like you said, both those guys are big men. They move well. 
and uh, they're certainly um, opening some eyes during the first half of this American League truncated season. All right. Uh, Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. It's 144 in Edmonton. Jay, uh, the Oilers don't have a lot of draft capital to be looking at making some moves, and they don't have any cap space. So there may have to be some organic movement in order to uh, – you know, facilitate maybe a little bit of a spark with the Oilers. Now, here's where it gets tricky. A lot of us thought maybe Holloway could have been an option. Well, he's got a broken thumb, so he's out six weeks, and that kid has to make a decision whether or not he wants to stay in Wisconsin for another year or sign with the Oilers and come in and compete for a job next fall. Uh, which brings me to Ryan McLeod. Now that it's only a one-week quarantine in Canada, uh, a lot of people would say the best place, like he's playing eight. What is he playing? Eighteen to twenty minutes for you? Yeah, I'd say north of. I'd say north of the twenty-minute mark on so, most nights. So we're like six weeks away from the NHL playoffs, and the Oilers are, you know, a ninety-four to ninety-seven percent chance of making those playoffs. Um, you guys have we had Scott Housen on yesterday. It's only going to be a Pacific Division playoff this year, right? The AHL. Yeah, I think they're working out the details of that. I don't think anything's been fully finalized yet, but I think that's the goal, yes. Where is your headspace at? You know the level. You coached a number of years in the NHL as an assistant and an associate with Todd McClellan. Not that we want to rush McLeod, but could he theoretically be a guy that might be able to, uh, you know, give an NHL team a spark in six weeks from now if he keeps building? Yes, I think you could. Um, and for me, you know, there's a couple things. I think, you know, when our organization made the commitment to play this American Hockey League season, it's a big commitment. And, you know, I was really pleased. Obviously, it allowed everybody to go and, and work uh, at their at their trade. But I was really pleased because it allowed us to continue to leave an imprint on Ryan McLeod and guys like him in our organization rather than outsourcing uh, the development of those those key prospects. And for me, Ryan has emerged this season in the American Hockey League. He is somebody who um, you know has been challenged uh, to grow his game, and he's a unique guy in that I don't think I've ever felt nervous or... Um, if I had any anxiety on the defensive side of things with Ryan, because he's a great penalty killer. Uh, he works above his check. He's on for very few chances against. But where Ryan was challenged was to kind of uh, grow his offensive game, to get his nose dirty a little dirtier a little bit more to find himself in the hard areas of the rink um, where games are decided and I've seen great growth uh, specifically in the last 15 games or so you know he didn't get off to the start he wanted to down in Bakersfield um, production wise but I wasn't worried about that he's found great chemistry with Cooper Marodi and Tyler Benson they give teams fits They spend the majority of their shifts in the offensive zone. They're a threat at all times. And I think Ryan's the engine that makes that line go. So, um, you know, when I look at big picture, macro point of view, uh, you know, with McLeod being a development priority here in Bakersfield during this, this shortened season of 40 games, I think, you know, I'm so happy for him 
that he's he's been able to work on those things and grow his game and command big minutes and understand what it's like to go against the other team's top check and what that entails. Um, so, you know, I'm so happy uh, that he is taking that step. I think he, you know, his play uh, deserves attention and he deserves to be in that conversation. And at the end of the day, it's absolutely fantastic for the organization um, that this young player has taken the step that he has. Jay, give us the schedule this week. Yeah, this this week we're scheduled to fly off uh, tomorrow to Colorado uh, for a weekend set in Colorado versus a very good uh, Colorado Eagles team in a, in a tough building to win in. So it's a good challenge for our team. We're starting to get a little bit healthier and getting some bodies back as well. Um, so we're looking forward to a good weekend for our group. Jay, it's great that you still have that feel of Canadiana in it by, uh, you know, educating your daughters on just the impact that John Candy had on our cultural landscape. That's awesome stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, man. What a, what a legend. Uh, what a, to me, he's, he's right up there with guys like Terry Fox and Wayne Gretzky in terms of, uh, being part of, um, Canadian culture and, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm happy to pass that on, and, and passing my love of of our country on to my kids is important. They're, they are dual citizens, but every summer we go back uh, to our cottage in Ontario to make sure that they get that experience as well. And you know, I'm like I said, I'm a proud Canadian. My wife's a proud Canadian, and, and uh, we're raising our kids that way too. And, and you only get about uh, five calls over a six week stretch from a, a pain in the butt uh, broadcast. Caster out of Edmonton as well. So <laughs> Always my pleasure. Dad, who's that. who's that guy calling us? All right. <laughs> take, take care, Jay. All right. Take care. Bye. You've got 150 at Edmonton. We'll wrap up Oilers now. That's Jay Woodcroft after this. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 153 in Edmonton. Here we go. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. We'll be telling you about a special that's going to start at Royal Pizza tomorrow. Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. We go to this day in Oilers history for Dennis and Jason Laliberti and the team in New West Travel. Whoa, hello. 1985, Paul Coffey picks up a hat trick and two assists while Wayne Gretzky adds five casual points of his own. The Oilers dub the Blackhawks 7-3 in Chicago. And Mark Messier and Mark Bergevin actually dropped the gloves in the second period of this one. I think that game was in Chicago. I think that is the game where Yaroslav Pozar surprised L. Secord in a scrap. L. Secord was a big, tough power forward. He's part of a couple of the great trivia questions of all times, including uh, goal combination of goals and penalty minutes uh, in a single season. Or I think he had uh, a forty goal or thirty goal campaign in three hundred penalty minutes. There's only like three or four guys that have ever done that in NHL history. Tomorrow we are. Jammed. John Shannon, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Sportsnet's Louis DeBrusque. Kevin Weeks for our friends at Canadian Power Pack. Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. And George LaRock. Reed Wilkins is all over this radio station over the course of the next six hours. Tonight on Inside Sports, you'll have Kelly Rudy, Pete Weber, the longtime National Predators broadcaster, Curler Mark Kennedy, 
and the new manager of the Edmonton Riverhawks, longtime uh, Major League Baseball player Kelly Stinnett. Reed will also be pulling some double duty today because Jalen and I has the uh, afternoon off. It'll be Rob Breckenridge in from 2 to 4, and then Reed will take over the back half of the 6.30 chat afternoons from 4 to 6. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Have a wicked Wednesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.